The scripture reading this morning is taken from John chapter 3 verses 1 to 17. John chapter 3 verses 1 to 17. Now there was a Pharisee, a man named Nicodemus, who was a member of the Jewish ruling council. He came to Jesus at night and said, "Rabbi, We know that you are a teacher who has come from God, for no one could perform the signs you are doing if God were not with him. Jesus replied, "Very truly I, I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again." How can someone be born when they are old? Nicodemus asked. Surely they cannot enter a second time into their mother's womb to be born. Jesus answered very truly I tell you no one can enter the kingdom of God unless they are born of water and the spirit Flesh gives birth to flesh but the spirit gives birth to spirit You should not be surprised at my saying you must be born again The wind blows wherever it pleases you hear its sound but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it is going so it is with everyone born of the spirit How can this be Nicodemus asked You are Israel's teacher said Jesus and you do not understand these things Very truly I tell you we speak of what we know and we testify to what we have seen but still you people do not accept our testimony I have spoken to you of earthly things and you do not believe how then will you believe if I speak of heavenly things no one can ever gone into heaven except the one who came from heaven the son of man just as Moses lifted up the snake in the wilderness so the son of man must be lifted up that everyone who believes may have eternal life in him for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life for God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world but to save the world through him this is the word of the lord and we're very honored this morning to have reverend ting hwasen to proclaim the word to us Let's come to the Lord in prayer. Lord, as we turn to your word, may you send your spirit to lead us. Help us to understand your word and renew us in your word. May the glory be yours. In Jesus name we pray. Amen. Have you ever seen God's kingdom? No. <laughs> Have you ever been to God's kingdom? When I when I'm asking these questions, what are you thinking? You may say, "Hey, pastor, I'm not die." <laughs> How do I know about kingdom? How can I bring to God's kingdom since I'm still alive? Is that the thing that appeared in your mind? 
Whenever we talk about the kingdom of God or heaven, we thought there is something to do after death and only after death. Yeah, it's a place where we go after we die. Yeah, so there is nothing to do, nothing much to do with me here now. There is no kingdom of God. There is no heaven here. But that is absolutely wrong. Today we want to study uh, from this passage, uh, looking from this man's perspective, that is Nicodemus. From his perspective, we and um, the interaction between him and Jesus will know we are wrong in this matter, in our understanding that God's kingdom is about after death. Heavens is about after death lies. It's not about now. That is absolutely, absolutely wrong. So if I ask you, do you thirst for God's presence? Do you thirst for God's kingdom? Actually, is there is no difference between God's presence or God's kingdom being um, here. So, basically, God's presence and His kingdom, there is no uh, no difference between that. We are going to look at this passage and study from this man Nicodemus, and from his thirst, then we will know what does it mean meant about the kingdom of God and reborn. First of all, we would like to read, I would like to read these two verses to you. Um, or shall we read together verse 1 and 2? Now there was a Pharisee, a man named Nicodemus, who was a member of the Jewish ruling council. He came to Jesus at night and said, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher who has come from God, for no one could perform the signs you are doing if God were not with him. So from his view, he is quite clear that uh, Jesus can perform the miracles and signs because Jesus has the presence of God. God is with him. God is with Jesus. That's why he can perform the miracles. So why does um, why did Nicodemus wanted to have this dialogue with Jesus? Why he want to go to Jesus at night? If you look at these first two verses, we'll find out that it's actually very difficult for this old man, Nicodemus, to find the young man Jesus to talk about this matter. Why is it so difficult for Nicodemus? Imagine, imagine this guy is a leader of the Jewish um, in in the Jews. He is um, in the ruling council. He have a high rank. So imagine such a people in such a posi- position. Guess how old is he? Is it possible a 20 year old, 20 years old young man sitting at that position? Impossible. 30 years old? Impossible. At least 50 years old? Maybe. Or even 60, 70 years old at an older age. That this person is sitting at the high rank in the council, 
He is sitting in the high rank. In the Jew- Jewish ruling council, is a group of Pharisees or the teachers of the law that gather uh, in the council. So these are the people uh, who are highly admired by the Jewish community. So such an old man, I don't know how old is he, but from his dialogue with Jesus, we can tell he is probably quite old because when Jesus talked about born again, he said, how can it be that people born again at their old age? That referred to himself. He is quite old. How can he born again? So from there we can tell Nicodemus is quite old. So these are the this is the first one, the first clue that tells us it's very difficult for Nicodemus to find Jesus and talk to Jesus. Because he is from the Jewish ruling council, an old man with a very high rank, to go and find Jesus at his 30 years old, a young man, and ask Jesus. And you look at how he addressed Jesus, verse 2. How did this old man address Jesus? Rabbi, oh my master. Can you imagine a, an old man at that age with that rank come to Jesus at the age of 30, uh, with his age of 30, and say to him, Rabbi, oh my master. That is mind blown. That is really super hard for Nicodemus to put his effort there just to go and meet Jesus. That is so hard. And the second thing that shows that his effort is a lot and his heart is about the timing. Verse 2. When he said, did, um, did this man come to Jesus? What is the time? At night. All men go to visit someone at night. Uh, for our for our generation, we felt like oh, that's not so convenient, <laughs> right? Uh, in this generation, uh, all, all people don't go out at night. In that generation, I guess it's even harder for an old man to go out at night and to see Jesus. Why he wanted to choose such a bad timing. It's not a good time for an old man to travel. It's not a good time to find Jesus at night. But why he wanted to find Jesus at night? Because he is shy. An old man like him, a high rank in the council, everyone admired him. But in fact, he wanted to find this young man not as high rank as him and it's just like a new star uh, someone who is well known but very young so he wanted to find Jesus to ask about laws the things about God's kingdom which is that is quite in a way quite shameful for him because he is at the right high rank in the Jewish council. He is one of the teacher, an elder teacher in the council who teaches the Jews the laws of God. But in fact, he wanted to go and find this young man and say, Master, 
I wanted to know all these things. That is shameful for him. So he chose the timing at night. That is Nicodemus. So from his perspective, it's really, really very difficult just to come to Jesus. He needs to overcome all kinds of challenges physically or emotionally. He needs to overcome that before he can come to Jesus. There's all the effort that he did. But what is the motive? What drives him to do all this? Is his thirst for the kingdom of God. He thirsts for the presence of God. That's why he, he is willing to put all the effort in to overcome all the circumstances just to meet up with Jesus. That's what Nicodemus did. So in his word, we, we can tell he, he is even shy to ask about uh, the presence of God, the kingdom of God. If you look at the dialogue, he doesn't ask Jesus any question right now, here in the first two verses, right? He's not asking Jesus any question. But what did he say? He said, We know that you are a teacher who, was, who has come from God, for no one could perform the signs you are doing if God were not with him. So he's like stating a fact. Oh, everyone are saying, oh, Jesus, uh, you, you this young man, uh, young teacher, young master, you are great. Uh, you did a lot of miraculous, miracles, signs, uh, because God is with you. But he didn't ask any question yet. But in fact, God know what he wanted to know. God know what is he thirsting for. Do you thirst for God like Nicodemus? Do you thirst for his kingdom? Do you thirst for his presence? Just like this old man did. In faith, please don't find God out of convenience. You can never ever find God in convenience. But find God out of your thirst and put all your effort in to find God. And this is what he, uh, Jesus taught us. He said, do, do, um, put all your effort, make every effort to enter the narrow gate, the narrow door. We have to put every effort out of the thirst for God. We look for God. We seek God. Just then we will find. If we are just doing this conveniently, then we can never ever find God. This is just like um, if we are falling in love in someone, we thirst for the time for being together with our loved one, right? In, in those days when you, you are um, falling in love with someone, yeah, I guess in those days you won't say um, going around Kuching drive so far away just to pick you out is not convenient. You won't say that when you are in love, right? 
you will say, oh, it's, it's not far away, just one hour drive. Yeah, it's very convenient. I can drive there after my work and pick you out. And then we go pato, we go for a movie, we go for a date night. It's convenient for you who are in love, right? So when we, we seek God, that's the same way. We don't seek God out of the thirst for a deeper relationship with God. If we just think that we come to church conveniently, uh, if the church is near to my house, then okay, I drop by for a while. If the time match my schedule, okay, then I go for a while. If not, uh, fine, then I forget about it this week, so I'll go next week. If we do in that way, we just find God conveniently, we can never ever find God. We can only find God, seek Him in our thirst and put all our effort in, overcome all the circumstances, just then we can see God. We can dwell in His presence. Look at verse 3 to 8. Verses 3 to 8. Let me read to you. Jesus replied, Very truly I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. How can someone be born when they are old? Nicodemus said. Surely they cannot enter a second time into their mother's womb to be born. Jesus answered, Very truly I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless they are born of water and the Spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but the Spirit gives birth to Spirit. You should not be surprised at my saying, You must be born again. The wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear its sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it is going. So it is with everyone born of the Spirit. We look at how Jesus replied this old man. Jesus said, Very truly I told you, tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. If we look at their interaction and dialogue. This old man haven't asked any question yet, right? He just stated a fact that Jesus, you are a great teacher, you are a great master. God must be with you so that you can perform the miracles. He haven't asked any question yet, but Jesus know what he wanted to know. Jesus know what is his what is he thirsting for? So Jesus replied answering his the the thing that he wanted to know very much jesus said no one can see the kingdom of god unless they are born again so here from from there we can match from what the uh, this old man nicodemus said he said um, you are a teacher who is come who who has come from god uh, god is with you so from Jesus' reply, in a way, echo with his statement that um, no one can see the kingdom of God. That means no one can also um, be with God. God is not present. God is not with someone if they are not born again. So that's the key for, that's the answer that uh, Nicodemus is seeking for. But this answer actually is quite desperating for this old man. So look at how he replied. He said, How can someone be born when they are old? We are born. We are living here. How can I, how can we born again? So he asked, 
um, we cannot go back to the mother's womb and come out from there again. So that is his understanding of what Jesus have. Uh, what is Jesus talking about? Um, born again. His understanding is physically born again. Go back to the mother's womb and come out again. So for him, this, that is something impossible and hard. It's, it's hard for him to understand. So Jesus continued by saying, He said, I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless they are born of water and the Spirit. So Jesus, from there, He tried to elaborate more what did He meant by born again. He said, uh, unless they are born of water and the Spirit. For this part, I guess for Nicodemus, half of it he understands, but half of it is quite new to him. During that time is the beginning, is the early stage when Jesus come to serve. So if we know before Jesus come, uh, Jesus started his ministry, uh, John the Baptist, the 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 one who opened the way, the one who prepared the way for the Lord, uh, um, John the Baptist. He said. He asked the Pharisees who come to him to repent and bear fruit so that they can fulfill, um, they can match, fulfill the will of God. They can receive the salvation of God. So that is the, the gospel that is preached by the Baptists. So from there, the Pharisees, they know about the baptisms of water, but they are not taught of the baptism of the spirits. For, so for this man, he he probably know half of it, but the other half of it about the Holy Spirit is quite new to him. So Jesus' answer again is very desperating. Yeah, if we look at what Jesus said, Jesus said no one can enter the kingdom of God unless they are born of water and the Spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but the Spirit gives birth to Spirit. You should not be surprised at my saying, you must be born again. The wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear its sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it is going. So is it with everyone born of the Spirit. So Jesus' reply seems like going back to the original point that he still don't know. Nicodemus still cannot catch it. How can he born again in order to dwell in God's presence or to enter God's kingdom? Because if you look at what Jesus said, it's like wind. The Spirit of God is like wind. It goes wherever it pleases. You cannot tell where does it comes from or where is it going, right? So from this description, I guess this old man could be quite desperate. Because it's like Jesus is answering his question, but Jesus is not giving him a solid answer of his question. It's like turning around, making him um, getting, get lost in his replies. From nine, verse 9 to 17, 
Let us look at this part. How can this be? Nicodemus asked. You are Israel's teacher, said Jesus. And do you not understand these things? Very truly, I tell you, we speak of what we know and we testify to what we have seen, but still you people do not accept our testimony. The wind blows. Sorry. Uh, I, I have spoken to you of earthly things and you do not believe. How then will you believe if I speak of heavenly things? No one has ever gone into heaven except the one who came from heaven, the Son of Man. Just as Moses lifted up the snake in the wilderness, so the Son of Man must be lifted up, that everyone who believes may have eternal life in him. For God who uh, so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. If we look at this passage, we can tell this old man is quite desperate. Uh, again, he asks, how can this be? Since the word of the Holy Spirit is like wind, I cannot trace, I cannot expect how he, I cannot tell how he works. So how can I grasp on the work of Holy Spirit that he will born me again? So for this old man, he is quite desperate. So he asks, how can this be? And Jesus' answer, I guess, will make him her blood pressure go high. Look at how Jesus answered. To me, it's quite rude in a way. You look at how Jesus answered. You are Israel's teacher. And do you not understand these things? A 30 years old young man asking an elderly teacher, someone who is honorable among the Jews. That's Jesus' reply. But in a way, there is, um, in a way, Jesus is expecting him to know because as a teacher, as someone who teach the word of God, Jesus guess he should know about this. But in fact, he don't know. So Jesus said, whatever we, I tell you is coming from the things that we know. And then in the later part, Jesus said, um, whoever believes may have eternal life. That means whoever believes in him may have eternal life. If we look at this passage um, with the previous passage, it's hard for us to see the link. How come when um, before, the, before this, Jesus and Nicodemus, they are talking about the kingdom of God. They are talking about born again. They are talking about the work of Holy Spirit. And suddenly, it switch to this part saying, um, whoever believes in Him may have eternal life. We don't see the connection, right? How come He switch so fast? And we cannot link that out. We can, it's difficult for us to do that but there's a clue about born again in the earlier passage when Jesus talked about um, we need to born again he, he told Nicodemus that he have to born again actually that word in Greek uh, there is another meaning yeah, so 
both of the meanings of this phrase are expressed in this passage. So one of the meaning of born again in the original words that means that is what said by Nicodemus, born again through the mother's womb. That's uh, one of the meaning. The other meaning is the born again means um, born from heaven, born born from above. Yeah, that's the second meaning, and I guess it's expressed in this passage. So for Nicodemus. He understands this phrase as born again through the mother's womb. And for Jesus, he is talking about the born again from above, from heaven. So that's why Jesus said we need to born again um, from, from the Spirit, from the work of Spirit. And here he said, uh, those who believe in him may have eternal life. So between the previous passage and this part, there is there is a missing puzzle, yeah. Because oftentimes I guess we don't quite aware of it because we are very familiar of this passage and we don't link it up with the previous passage. We treat it as two passages with no links in between. The links in between is here. The missing puzzle is here, John. Chapter 17, verse 38 and 39. Let us read together. Whoever believes in me, as scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow from within them. By this, he meant the spirit whom those who believe in him were later to receive. So Jesus said, those who believe in him, they will, uh, there is, a river there, there are rivers of living water will flow within them. And when John write the gospel, he add on a description about what Jesus has said. He tried to explain. So he add, added in in verse 39 said, By this he meant the spirit. So that means true belief in Jesus Christ, people will receive. Holy Spirit, that is the missing piece of puzzle in chapter 3. That's the connection. So that's why Jesus switched in a, in a way quite, quite, um, in a quite sudden way from talking about born again in the Spirit to believe in Him. This is the missing puzzle that fit the whole picture. When you talk about belief in someone, when you talk about belief in Jesus Christ, oftentimes we stop at proclamation. Right? We say, uh, we believe in Jesus Christ. Uh, did you ever do the uh, sinner's prayer, confess that you are sinners and accept Jesus Christ as your Savior? Oftentimes we, we stop there. And we guess that's the whole picture about belief. But in fact, I'll say there's another step that we often um, not really um, put our attention at the other part is the confession of our heart. When we talk about we believe in Jesus, that means Jesus will will change our will. 
Jesus feeling will change our feeling. Jesus action will change our action because as we believe in how he think, how he work and how he feel, then we will act just like he act. So if we are born again from above, then we are born in the spirit. We are born into the kingdom of God and we are born into the presence of God. When we talk about belief, let me um, try to express this with a story. I have a friend who studied about uh, energy. Yeah, so there's one time, once um, we talk about this topic, yeah, um, all kinds of energy, uh, nuclear energy, uh, we, the, for electrical energy, we rely on uh, coal, rely on water, uh, or windmill, all kinds of so-called clean energy that generated from all these resources. But in, in our dialogue and interaction, I find it quite um, mind-blown that uh, from his perspective, and I'm persuaded, he said, what is clean energy? Clean energy means we produce the energy as much as possible with uh, very low um, impact to the environment or pollution to the environment. So from his point of view, nuclear energy is the cleanest energy. Yeah, because just one kilo of nuclear, um, the, the elements is enough to generate um, the, the energy that is generated is equal, equivalent to thousands of tons of core. Yeah, so compare both um, source of energy, he say nuclear energy is the cleanest energy out of all, even the water, the wind, uh, because the windmill that we have built, it lasts for just a period of time, and if the wind blows too strong, it will get, get uh, destroyed easily. Yeah, the lifespan will cut short. So it won't generate a lot of energy, but in fact, after the lifespan, after it, it dies out, then the windmill become uh, rubbish. Yeah, there's another issue. So calculating all these con consequences, then he said nuclear energy is the cleanest energy. And we talk about uh, EV, uh, in this generation, we talk a lot about EV, electrical vehicle. We think that the clean energy is better than uh, using fuel. But in fact, for him, he don't think EV is a good idea. Why? Because EV, we use batteries, right? Batteries are harmful to our environment, right? There are a lot of things that is um, very harmful to the environment. So from his point of view, um, for batteries, we it's, it's quite challenging for us to recycle all the materials and in the end, we'll still left some of the materials and those things will pollute our environment. But compared to fuel, when the fuel are burned, totally, uh, fully burned, the, the thing that comes out from there is only uh, carbon dioxide and water. That is, that is much cleaner than the residue of batteries. So from his point of view, I'm mind blown and I think I, I begin, I'm persuaded and think from his way of thinking. 
So what I want to try to um, elaborate from here, we are not talking about EV here. <laughs> we are not talking about clean energy. But my point is, if you believe in what he say, if you believe in how he think, if you believe in how he work, he react, he treat all these ideas, then you will make your own mind change to be like him. You'll be persuaded if you believe in him, right? So when we believe in Jesus Christ in the same way, Jesus' way of thinking should replace our way of thinking because we are persuaded, we believe in him that his way is the better way. So that's how when we believe in Jesus Christ, we are renewed. And Holy Spirit will bond us in him and we will enter the kingdom of God and there we have the presence of God. You think Jesus' will or God's will is unpredictable. Uh, we are just laymen, we are just human beings. How can we know God's will? That's wrong. If our heart is filled with the will of God, the kingdom of God is there. But how can we know the will of God? It's actually God's will is never changing. God's will is the same from the beginning of the world until the end of the world. His will never changed. That is God. So God's will is not unpredictable. It's not hard for us to find, to search for Him. But in fact, we should seek Him as how Nicodemus seek God and let our mind be changed by Him so that God's kingdom will come and dwell in our heart. And the outcome will be whatever we see, we see God's kingdom. Whatever we see, we see God's kingdom in all those things, in all those people. Because we know what is the will of God for that person. Because we know what is the will of God in that matter. We know what is the will of God and we know how to react. So whatever we see, we can see God's kingdom is right there. So have you seen the God, um, the kingdom of God? Jesus said, the kingdom of God is not far away. It's in your heart. The kingdom of God is in your heart. Let us pray. Lord, we pray that you forgive us, um, forgive us, cleanse our sin, because we think your word are far away, your kingdom is far in the sky in heaven is unreachable is a place for after death but in fact that is not true Lord we pray that you forgive us because we believe that is true and we teach people that we teach people about the false teaching saying the kingdom of God is afterlife 
So Lord, help us to see Your kingdom. Help us to seek for Your will to be done on earth. Help us to search for it. Help us to overcome all the circumstances in front of us. Thirst for You and Your kingdom, and we pray that through belief, through our belief in Jesus Christ, and through the work of Holy Spirit. Although it's said to be like wind, but we know it's certain that when we believe in Jesus Christ, the wind is blowing at us. So, Lord, help us and renew us that we see Your kingdom and we work accordingly to Your will. And may Your name be glorified. Lord, help us. Give us such a thirst. For you, in Jesus' name, we pray.